Hi, welcome to the podcast, History of the Name. My name is Avia Sagon, and I work for the Jewish Federation of New Hampshire. My name is Talia Goldberg, and I work for the United Jewish Federation of Utah. Both of us are from Israel and moved to the USA to work as a shlicha, an Israeli emissary, through the Jewish Agency of Israel. And this is probably where you ask yourself, what does Utah and New Hampshire have in common? Great question. Turns out both of us had the same experience driving through the state. We both noticed that there were so many places with familiar names, like Moab. Like Bethlehem. Who thought I'd still get to swim in the Jordan River? And who thought I will get to visit Lebanon? So we decided to find out more about these places. We invite you to join us on the journey to explore these places through our Israeli eyes. Yalla, let's begin. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about Mount Nebo. What was the first time you heard about Mount Nebo? This is a question I would actually like to answer about the Mount Nebo from the Bible story first and not the Mount Nebo, Utah. There's an Israeli song called Ro'im Rachok Ro'im Shakuf, meaning seeing far, seeing clear written by Yankale Rotblit. And one of the lines in the song that found its way into my heart very quickly is the line, to a place that there is, maybe like Mount Nebo, you see far, you see, you see clear. Or as we say in Hebrew, And I feel like that's exactly what the story of Mount Nebo is, seeing far and seeing clear. That's beautiful. And I have to say that I prefer the, the way we say Nebo. Um, and not Nebo. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. There's something like so much more like Nevo. Nevo. It's also such a beautiful Hebrew name, Nevo. I know. I love this name. We need to like to create a list of our favorite um, Hebrew names. names. Yeah. I'll have a Boaz. I'll have a Nevo. Okay. So what do you say that? Like, why do you say um, seeing far and seeing clear? So let me take you back to the biblical story of Mount Nebo. So Mount Nebo's story is the story of Moses's death. And to understand that story, we need to get to know the character of Moses a little better. When I think about Moses, I usually like thinking straight ahead about a character of him in the Prince of Egypt. Oh, yeah, I get that. The first thing that comes up to my mind is definitely the soundtrack from that movie, like, deliver us. Yeah, but, but Moses is much more than that. You know, it's, he's a much more complicated figure than the movie shows. Um, his story starts as a baby born in a time where Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, has commanded that all the male boys born from the Jewish who were slaves in Egypt at the time um, should be killed. So his mother, Yocheved, like Moses' mother, decides to send him in a little basket that she makes down the Nile River. And baby Moses ends up being found by the queen of Egypt, Batia. Moses grows up in a house that has more than anything that he needs, but every, and everything is good in his life until one day he sees an Egyptian man hurting a Hebrew man, and Moses kills the Egyptian man because he can't see him hurting the Hebrew man. And you know, Moses doesn't know he's, he's Jewish yet. He doesn't know he's a Hebrew man. And that action forces him to run away from Egypt because the Hebrew man um, was obviously a slave, and that is a big thing against the law, you know. I really like how Moses really fought for justice from a young age, like 
since he was such a baby and it's just something he you know he born with i agree but moses didn't really want it i think it was more his inner dedication that really led him forward making these decisions later on he becomes a shepherd in the desert and god asks him to go save the people of israel from egypt his people but moses tells tells him that he can't since he has a, a stutter and he can't lead the people with a stutter you know it's like he didn't believe in himself even though he had this like inner important justice thing and yet he did looks like even the greatest leaders have their own flaws right and moses had many things he had to overcome and deal with he found out he's adopted into a family that wanted him and all his people dead he had to fight against the brother he grew up with and the home he grew up in he had so many obstacles and the story of a death of his death makes me ask the question if until a leader dies he has to face the obstacles i mean do leaders always have to face obstacles does success always have to come with a price um wow these all your questions are so great and valid and i think that it makes me feel and think about it a lot um so what is the story of his death After Moses wandered with the people of Israel in the desert for many years, after he opened the Red Sea for crossing, after he got the people of Israel the Ten Commandments, which are the core of our beliefs, he made his way up to Mount Nebo. The mountain associated with Mount Nebo is in Moab, Jordan, an 800-meter, about 2,600 feet tall mountain. Moses climbs up and looks on the land of Israel, the place he had been waiting to get there to get to, to get to all his life. um the place he, he had been taking his people to the land of honey and milk like the bible describes in the last book of the torah section in the last torah portion we read on saturdays and the lord said to him this is the land of which i swore abraham isaac and jacob i will assign it to your offspring i have let you see it with your eyes but you shall not cross there so moses the servant of the lord died there in the land of moab at the command of the lord he was he buried him in a valley in the land of moab near bet peol and no one knows his burial place until this day why does no one knows moses burial place that is a great question i feel like i only have a philosophical answer for this there's a tradition in judaism that believes that praying over an important person's grave is a way to use his good deeds to get on god's good side But sometimes this tradition turns to be more of a worship of the person than the understanding of going to pray to God. Since Moses was such an important figure in all the monotheistic cultures, if we were all where he was buried, you know, and all praying where he was buried, like what do you think will happen? I completely understand the explanation, but it still feels a little bit wrong that Moses didn't get the honor of the dead. Because as you know, in the Jewish culture, um, the honor of the dead is a big thing. And um, we really like appreciate them after they, they died and remember them every year. So I don't know, it just feels, feels to me a, bit, a little bit weird. Wait, we spoke so much about Mount Nebo in Mount Jordan. What about the Mount Nebo in Utah? What's your first memory from there? Ah, Utah is such a special place. Like, it's such a special state. It has mountains in the north and desert in the south. And once you drive 
uh, on the Interstate 15 south from Salt Lake City, you'll see a lonely mountain standing in its glory, almost 12,000 feet high, about 3,600 meters tall. It's typically covered in snow from mid-October until the end of July. Last time I drove by, it was already covered in snow and it was beautiful. And it's hard to miss why it was named after the biblical Nebo with all the loneliness and the sadness that this mountain shows us. A little bit of poetry in names doesn't hurt anyone, does it? I agree, and it's really funny that you say that because poetry is a specific thing for Mount Nebo. Since after the name of the mountain, there is a saying in Hebrew called Nebo Sadness. And the term comes from a Hebrew poet called Rachel. So Rachel Blubsten Sela was a Hebrew a language poet who immigrated to the land of Israel, then part of the Ottoman Empire in 1909. She is known by her first name, Rachel, or Rachel the Poet, Rachel HaMeshoret. Just like Beyonce or Madonna, you know? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know her last name until the podcast. <laughs> That's so funny. So Rachel was actually born in Russia in 1890 at the age of 19. Uh, Rachel visits in Israel for the first time, and she visits with her sister on their route to Italy. But they liked Israel so much that they stayed, and they decided to stay as Zionist pioneers, learning Hebrew by listening to kindergarten children chatter. You know, they would just sit in, kil- in kindergarten and listen to the kids speak until they learned Hebrew. Great way to learn Hebrew, apparently. And Rachel... Great idea, guys. So everybody who wants to learn Hebrew <laughs> needs to visit Israel and go to kindergartens, but do it like in a very, like in the respectable way. Yeah, early childhood center in Israel. Rachel moves to Kvitsat Kineret on the shores of the Sea of the Galilee, where she studied and worked in a women's agriculture school. For a while, she joined the small agriculture kibbutz named Ganya, a settlement neighboring her previous home at Kineret. However, shortly after her arrival, she was diagnosed with tuberculosis, then an incurable disease. Now, unable to work for fear of contagion, she was really scared that other people would be contagious of her, she was expelled from the Ganya and left to fend for herself. Rachel died in 1931 in Tel Aviv at the age of 40. She was buried in the Kineret Cemetery in a grave overlooking the Sea of Galilee, following her wishes as expressed in one of her poems. And also she's on the Israeli money today, by the way, on the new Israeli money. Um, I don't remember. Money bills, yeah. And Talia, Talia, I feel like we mostly have tragic stories here. We need to get better at finding more cheerful ones. That's life, Avia, that is life. And in her poem, From Across, Mineged, The term Nebo sadness is put to really explain her suffering through all her years of life. On her grave, they decided to use that song and that poem and its last verse as the best words she wrote that describe her life. And I'll read you the translation right now. This is translated by Adriana X. Tatum um, in 1998. So, the heart is inclined, the ear attentive. Is he coming? Will he come? In all hope, there is a sadness of Nevo. There's one facing the other, the two shores of, the, of one torrent, the cliff of separation, distant forever, to open the palms to see from across. There's no more comes, a man and his Nevo. 
over a great birth. Yeah, those words are so... Very powerful. And um, I think we will also share the song on our Facebook page, guys. So if you want to listen to it, um, you will find it there. Um, So why do you think she decided to use Nevo, Nebo, from all the metaphors in the world? So I think Nebo is a symbol. It's the strongest symbol for no fulfillment. After the story about Moses and everything that he did, he only got to stand across, to look from far. It's the best metaphor for longing for something you've been working for your whole life. So close, but yet so far. It's also the story of Rachel. She was so close, you know, she wanted to be an Israeli pioneer, but yet she didn't make it because she got sick. It really is a tragic story. Makes you truly wonder if they feel like they missed their life, or maybe it was all about the path that counted for Moses and Rachel. I know. How can it be that Moses and Rachel, who are both such memorable figures until today, people we learn from, people we consider as leaders, didn't get to see their own doing in their lives? I really feel this way about artists as well. They don't become famous in their own lifetime, usually, only after. And their lifetime has so many obstacles and challenges. But when they hear, when you hear about them, it moves us that they made a change in the world. For example, Van Gogh, who was considered mentally ill in his, in his whole life. Um, but all of us can recognize something that Van Gogh created. That is so true. Actually, when my older brother was a little kid, so my parents used to like to show him pictures of like artists. And one day they, they were waiting in this waiting room and he looks around him and he sees this painting and he points, you know, like a two-year-old goes, oh, mom, that's Van Gogh. You know, even like, <laughs> know who that is. Yeah, all the old ladies were like, we adore your child. Who is this kid? <laughs> oh, my God. I want to meet him like now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But more than sense. that, what? I'm saying it makes sense because, you know, there is something that's just like an icon. You know, you became something that is just, just that big. Yeah. Yeah, that's really true. And more than that, this is a metaphor that is also mentioned in Martin Luther King's Junior's last speech. He called his last speech, I was on the mountaintop. And he says, I was on the mountaintop. I saw the land on the other side. And, you know, this is crazy that he's using the same um, metaphor. He's using the metaphor of Mount Nebo, comparing himself to Moses, who dreamed big, but didn't see his dreams come true. Also, Martin Luther King's story is the story of a leader who didn't get to see the change in the world, his own change in the world. It's really crazy how this metaphor goes with everyone who uses it, uses it, this mountaintop. What is left there today on Mount Nebo, Jordan? By the 4th century AD, Mount Nebo had already became a pilgrimage site and a church and a sanctuary were built on it to honor Moses. In the 6th century AD, monks constructed a Byzantine monastery on Nebo, which lasted for almost six centuries. While the building is no longer there, the mosaics from this time period are still visible. The site was abandoned by the 16th century. In 1993, Mount Nebo was purchased by the Franciscans who restored the site. It is an active Franciscan monastery today and it is open for visitors. I have to say that I never thought you can buy a mountain. For example, if I want to buy Mount Washington, can I do it? 
I don't know. I wish I ever had enough money to buy a mountain. You know, I'm still struggling <laughs> with a, a house, a car. <laughs> but you know, every one day, every one day, you never know. <laughs> yeah. You never know. It's true. On March 20, 2000, Pope John Paul II visited the site during his pilgrim to the Holy Land. During his visit, he planted an olive tree besides the Byzantine chapel as a symbol of peace. Pope Benedict the 16th visited the site in 2009, gave a speech and looked out from the top of the mountain in the direction of Jerusalem. A serpentine cross sculpture atop Mount Nebo was created by an Italian artist. I hope I say his name right. Um, Givoni, if yeah, help me out here. Giovanni Fantoni. I think Giovanni so. Fantoni. I think so too. It is symbolic of the bronze serpent created by Moses in the wilderness um, and the cross upon which Jesus was crucified. The bronze serpent on a pole first described is first described in the book of Numbers, which God told Moses to create. So the Israelis who saw it, like the Israelis were in the, in the desert back then, Moses was leading them. Um, and the Israelis who, who can see it will be protected from dying from the bites of the fair, uh, fairy serpents, which God had sent to punish them for speaking against him and Moses. We may not know where Moses is buried, but we can still continue on his leadership and his fight for justice. It's amazing how eventually the way we remember Moses, and I have to say one second, Moshe in Hebrew, <laughs> if we talked about keeping the honor of the death, is by keeping the memory of Moses' sense of justice with the sprint of his dream for peace. Right. You know, like what's left on Mount Nebo is really like the serpent and an olive tree. And what you can really see is is the justice he was looking for and the peace that he can resemble as a leader who can bring people together. And I want to finish with Martin Luther King's words. He says, uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s words, I'm sorry. He said, we're not all makers of history, but we are made yeah. by history which I think might settle our conversation about if leaders don't know what they're, what they're worth in their lifetimes, you know? That's beautiful. I, and I think, I think it is. I think it is. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. This was History of the Name with Dalia Inavia. We hope you enjoyed our visit in Mount Nebo. If you have any comments or questions, visit our Facebook page, History of the Name. More episodes you can find on Spotify and other, and other platforms. If you stick with us as, until now, you probably liked our Israeli English. We'll see you in the next episode. Yalla, bye. Bye.